0: Hi, this is Clinton, inviting you to listen to my show, Comedy Forecast, during Friday Follies, right here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated R and is recommended, restricted for anyone under the age of 17. You there, you're under 17, yes. Yes, I can see you. Go somewhere else. We'll wait. Okay. My name is Melman. I work for the L.A. Police Department. Months ago, I took a case in which a gallery owner who dealt in surrealist art was found murdered in a building with no windows and no doors. Afterwards, I was shot, shot at, and surrounded by characters from Rene Marguerite paintings. There was all kinds of references to surrealism. I drove myself nearly insane trying to figure out what had gone on here. Why this had happened. What exactly did it have to do with the art world? After eight, nine months of nonstop investigation, I finally found myself staring right into the eyes of Mr. Big himself. The man behind everything. And he was gonna spill. He was gonna tell me everything that went on. And why I had to nearly go mad. Right? Mr. Big. Yeah, that's right, Melman. I was, uh... I am going to explain the whole thing to you. All right, start talking. Well, it's like this. See, when I came up with Cop Beat originally, it was supposed to be just sort of a parody of like old Dragnet-type radio shows. Uh-huh. And uh, really, it was just sort of a set dressing to do really strange and dumb jokes and the paradigm of, you know, classic cop investigation shows. Uh, and, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know... The problem was, I wanted to do a longer form piece a la the Sign Theater, you know, Nick Danger. And so I came up with that one with the art gallery and all yeah. that other thing. I thought it would be really great because, you know, you could do all these, have a story and have all the strange jokes too. But then I. As the thing unfolded, I started kind of top-loading it with far too many cerebral references and art references and too much plot, quite frankly. Yeah. And, um, well, I noticed the joke started to rescind, and I painted myself into a corner. It just it stopped being funny and stopped being interesting, and I kind of burned out on it. So I did that whole storyline with the dad looking for the son. I was the star! Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, uh, shut up. And um, he's, uh, you know, it, it just worked out better to do that story, and that kind of satisfied my urge to come up with a long story arc that was surreal, and it took kind of a metaphysical bent at the end, which is what the one I was going to do, do with you was, and, um, well, basically, I kind of abandoned your storyline, and I'm sorry. That's not good enough for me, then well, Conroy. I'm a little bit sick and tired of this. I got I got hung up there for months. I was just abandoned into the ether. Yeah, you pro- thought you promised me that you were going to bring that story back and finish it. And well, this is the ending we get. Just sort of peters out. Yeah, well, that's like, a little uh little cheap, don't you think? Well, yeah, I think you're going downtown for this. Downtown where? You're just a voice that I do. You're well, not really a cop. You, you, true, but I, you know, of because. You're stupid. <sighs> yes. Look. All right. I'll tell you what, Melman. How about this? I'll take that story and I'll rewrite it from the ground up. And in the meantime, why don't we start a brand new story arc with you? This episode, you'll have the lion's share. You'll be the featured part of the show. I'll just get the show underway here, mm. and we'll just we'll just plow through, and we'll uh, it'll be more conventional, it'll be more like an old style cop drama kind of thing, you know, detective noir, two fisted, I guess. And we'll just have lots of room for dumb jokes like we enjoy doing. Yeah, Does that sound like fair? You and then. Look, yeah, I liked okay, that right. story. I liked that Look, story of the Surrealists. I'll finish that story some other time, all right? I'll rewrite it from the ground up. Maybe I'll do a special self-contained episode, and I'll just streamline it and get all the crap carved out of it so it makes more sense. Well, as much sense as I'm willing to put into it anyway. All right, but I'm holding you to this. I better have a lion's share of this episode, or there's going to be... What? Well, I don't know. I'm going to do something. Yeah, you're going to do something. All right, fine. We got that out of the way then. All right, uh, April 21st, 2006. You're experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. You know, the general audience at home isn't going to get this at all. You're such a whiner. back to Technical Difficulties. I am your host, Kai and Chris Conroy, and as you heard from the not-so-funny introduction there, that this is going to be a Cop Beat episode of Tech Diff. Uh, yeah, we got a big old beginning of a brand new story arc for Melman, and I apologize to those of you who actually, the three or four of you, actually enjoyed that last piece involving, uh, involving Cop Beat. Sorry about that. I know it's just so unprofessional of me to just abandon a plot line like that, but it wouldn't be the first time something like that's happened to me. I just, it got out of my hands. What can I say? Uh, anyway, we're in, uh, as I said, this is the 21st. I'm in my, uh, I'm going in for three weeks. So I'm doing the show all in one week. So as you hear this, it's actually in the past or something. Any event, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to plow on ahead with the show here, and I'll see you after the funny bits and, uh, you should listen to this first. Remember the old days when you could stroll down to the corner convenience store to pick up a paper for a dollar? A Coke Zero was only a dollar 29 a bottle and a pack of smokes was 550. Uh, yeah, I remember that, Dad. That was this morning. Yes, the president was the great decider George W. Bush, and kids in your neighborhood were downloading music and first-run feature films illegally using the BitTorrent. Dad, that was this morning, too. And remember when you told me that that was this morning? That was just now! Well, those memories and many mores can be yours in this CD collection, Dad's increasingly irritating tales of senility. Dad, would you turn that music off? I'm trying to read. Yes, you'll get so many classic tales. Dad. Boring stories about how we used to leave the doors in the neighborhood locked all day and all night. Dad. The time the hippies burned down the town hall gazebo with their Jimmy Reefer. Dad. And how your mother had to cancel her subscription to Cosmopolitan magazine when she figured out that you'd been masturbating to it. Dad. Yes, all these stories can be yours and many, many more in the CD collection Dad's Increasingly Irritating Tales of Senility. Okay, Dad, what's it going to take to shut you up? I think we both know the answer to that, son. All right, here's your bowl of Golden Oldies cereal. Golden Oldies cereal, the breakfast treat for the senior citizen in your life, made with multi-grains, honey, and just a touch of opium. Opium, nature's heroin. Enjoying your breakfast, Dad? <laughs> oh, you know, son, I gotta tell you. I, oh. That's Golden Oldies cereal, available wherever prescription breakfast cereals are sold. Ah, hiking. Getting out in the great outdoors. The most amazing and wonderful thing about hiking is all you truly need are feet. And those feet will carry you to all of nature's wonder and splendor. Like that over there. A tree. A great North American tree. Not one of your pussy little domesticated trees, but a real tree. Wild, free in its environment. Let's see if we can sneak up on it. Now remember, we have to be extra careful when sneaking up on a wild tree. Though rare. They have been known to fall on people, which can be quite painful. Ah, here we are. Ah, look at this beautiful specimen of a tree. And remember, each tree is a little bit different. They all have their own special surprises to them, like, like, uh, like this moss here. Yes, and those leaves. That's those are very good. And and uh, I see some weevils. And uh, oh yes, look right next to it, a live bear. <laughs> Ow. My head. Gentlemen, we have an alert. A naturalist filmmaker was killed in one of our national parks today when his head was eaten off by a bear. Uh, What is the condition of this naturalist? Well, apart from being headless and dead, we're expecting a full recovery. But as you know, the safety and the economic... Well, well-being of our national parks depends almost entirely on naturalist filmmakers coming in and shooting films here and giving us residuals. So we're going to have to deal with this deadly, evil, arrogant, and, dare I say, terrorist bear. What are we proposing? We're sending out a national parkland security squad to hunt down and kill this bear. I have an all-points bulletin and a detailed description of him. The bear in question is brown and fuzzy. Have you all got that? Good. Hold it, hold it. Ladies and gentlemen, I object strenuously to this. this is another case of racist animal profiling. What do you mean? Well, it's always a brown bear or a black bear. I never hear you going after any polar bears in our national parks. But that's because all the polar bears are sequestered in the Arctic there, Wilson. And frankly, if they kill anybody who's stupid enough to live in the Arctic, we just don't care. Well, I object strenuously to you killing this bear. You should be capturing it alive. Yet another one of you liberal tree-huggers, eh? Hardly. My name is Hanover Stokes, and I am a hitherto unknown eccentric... Entrepreneurial billionaire. Hmm. I think we should be gathering up all these dangerous animals that go around killing people, and we should put them in one part of the national parks, fence the whole thing off, and charge people admission to get in. We'll call it X hiking. The X being for extreme, extreme hiking. Hmm. I like the way you think. With my brain? Yes, up till now I've been using my feet to think. It didn't work very well, and every time I stubbed my toes, I gave myself a headache. Stop thinking with your feet, start thinking with your wallet. It's time we hiked out there and put our plan into action. Entrepreneurial style to make money the American way. Huzzah! And so they did, and thus the sketch was ended. This has been a production of the Lazy Sketch Writers of America, Offering you punch-lineless jokes since the 1960s. Well, it was raining in Los Angeles again. You know, when I first moved out here, they said, the thing you'll like most about L.A. is that it's sunny all day long. Yeah, but they didn't talk about the nights. Nothing but rain all the time. Always raining at night, and that's when my shift is. It's a big pain in the ass, if you ask me. I'm a Los Angeles detective. My name is Melman. I was recently dealing with the breakup of an illegal porn racket. Really, there was no choice in the matter. Our, our lives were just going in two completely different directions. You know how these things are. But it left me feeling, well, pretty blue. So tonight I found myself staring off at the ocean from the shores of the Pomona Beach kind of unnerving when I think about it now, because Pomona's 30 miles inland, nowhere near the ocean. I don't know what happened when I was asleep today, but uh, whatever it was, it was pretty big and pretty wet. It was strange, yes, but I've gotten used to that sort of thing on the job. And if I was any judge of the evening, things would probably get a whole lot stranger. Hey, par- pardon me, sir? Yes, can I help you? You didn't happen to see uh, two people in clown suits being chased by a giant porcupine running this way, did you? No. No, I, I can't say that I did. Oh, good. That means they're still where I left them. <laughs> See what I mean? But then you get used to that sort of thing after a while, like I said. At least you do if you work the cop beat. Cop beat. True tales of Los Angeles' finest detectives. were unfortunately not available for the production of this program, so you'll just have to settle for a bunch of stories we pulled out of our own asses. And now, cop beat got back to the station because the captain said he had a new assignment for me. He also said he had milk and cookies, and that's a good thing. That's one of the perks of being a detective, you know. They don't show you that on the television cop shows, but uh, basically the places are lousy with juice and cookies. I walked into the captain's office. Uh, Melman. Hello, captain. You said you wanted to see me. Yes, I did. But you could have at least knocked before you came barging in here. Well, I would have, but there's no door anymore. Oh, that's right. I got rid of it. It was cramping my style. How so? It kept falling over on me. Ah. Uh, Anyway, you should be more careful in the future. I mean, what if I've been doing, you know, private guy things in here? Like what? Well, you know, private. Private guy things. Like waxing your bikini line? You consider that a guy thing? It is if you wear a thong. I suppose you're right. But I didn't call you in here for comparison studies and advice on my undergarments. Fetching though they are. You think so? Oh, yeah. That's a great color for you. Really? I wasn't too sure. The color looked a little bit different than it did in the thong of Solomon catalog. I wouldn't have worried. You always have exquisite taste, Captain. Now you're just sucking up, Melman. Yes. Yes, I am. Well, I've got a brand spanking new murder case for you, Melman, and it looks like a live one. A live murder? That's highly unorthodox. Well, you know me, Melman, I never give you the orthodox cases. No, those always go to Detective Steinberg, I've noticed, and I can't help but think that just because I started going to a reformed temple that you're playing a little bit of sectarian favoritism on me there, Captain. You go to synagogue, Melman? I didn't know you were religious. I'm not, but the rabbi is letting me live there until the landlord deals with that earwig infestation in my apartment. Speaking of Steinberg, how's that latest case of his coming along? Did he find that kishka? Yeah, well, actually, his partner Yusef found. It's hanging back at the rack at the butcher shop right now. Yeah, good thing they called the cops. Yep, sure is. Anywho, I need you to head over to Rialto and check out that dead body, Melman. This is where that live murder is, so there's more than one victim then. I told you this murder was a live one. Two live murders? Hmm. You think this could be a serial case? I don't know what they had for breakfast. You'll have to go over and ask them yourself. All right, well, I'm off to Rialto then. (laughs) Oh, boy. What's funny? I was just thinking, Captain, you know, the way I get my assignments around here, you'd swear someone just had a road atlas open to the greater Los Angeles area, and they were just sort of picking out counties and townships that sounded very, you know, L.A. <laughs> I suppose it does at that. <laughs> well, anyway, off uh, with you. You should really get on this case. Um, what? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, here, yeah. uh, here's, your, here's your cookies you. and uh, your juice. All you had left was pomegranate juice. Tough it out, Melman. Took nearly an hour to drive up to the house in Rialto. By then, things had started to dry out quite a bit. I could tell that by the beach dolphins by the sides of the road. You know, it's a strange thing about Los Angeles. It rains here all the time, but it doesn't help with the drought. I'm not sure how that works. God has forsaken this place, I think. Anyway, I pulled up outside one of the richest, most elaborate palatial houses I've ever seen in my life. The kind of house that was worth ten, twelve million at least kind of place I'd love to buy if I ever hit the Powerball for $300 million. Then I'd coat the entire thing in chocolate just to piss off the neighbors. That's the kind of guy I am. Well, well, well. Rich people involved in another murder. Well, you'd think with all their money and their influence and their good standing in society, you'd think with their being born into privilege, they'd use it for good, for the betterment of the world. But they never do. Nah. Money and power corrupting them. Turning them into killers, rapists. It's typical. It's just like on Columbo. (laughs) God, I love Columbo. Ah, just one more thing. Ah, Give it to him, Columbo. (laughs) Ooh, yeah. What a great show. Well, I guess you must be the detective. I was greeted at the door by a stunning blonde in her late thirties, and time had been very, very kind to her. Athletic, stacked, all of her body concealed underneath a single-piece silk dress. And I could tell she liked to keep the A.C. turned up in her house. Wow. She was a kind of woman like a glass elevator in a luxury high-rise. A nice smooth ride that you wanted to push every button on just to see the doors open on every floor. I don't know what that means, but boy does it sound detective Won't you please come in, Detective Melman? I thought I already was in. No. Oh, you're right. Uh, Yes, I'll come in. How did you know my name was Detective Melman? Well, maybe I just read your mind. Really? But that would make you psychic. So you can read my mind? Can you, like, predict the future and everything, too? (laughs) Could you, like, you know, teleport or, like, you know, like, could you move that sofa across the room with your brain? Because that would be so cool. Oh, that's like being a Jedi. I'm jealous of your powers. No, 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 no. Detective, detective, I'm not psychic. I just simply read that furry convention name badge that you have on your shirt there that says, Hello, my name is Detective Melman, a.k.a. Spoochie Paws. I'm in it for the fursuits, baby. Hmm, I like a man who's upfront about things. Well, I certainly am when I'm wearing that suit. Now, I understand there's been a murder here. Oh, yes, Detective. My name is Melvina Tritt. And my husband, Alvin, was brutally murdered earlier this evening. Well, Mrs. Tritt, would you mind telling me what happened? Not at all, Detective. I came home late this evening from an engagement... And I found my husband dead. Mm. Right in this room. I don't understand. Where's the body? You're standing on him. Good lord, he's been flattened like a decal. Yes, someone squashed him with something very, very heavy. Like a steamroller. Didn't I notice a steamroller parked out in front of the house when I came up here? Well, yes, that's my steamroller. It's a new hobby of mine, but I've only just bought it and I haven't learned how to drive it just yet. So you say, but I'll be checking that out later. I can't help but notice that... You don't seem very broken up over this. That's because it's no secret, Detective. I didn't love my husband at all. In fact, I hated him. Hmm. I've been stuck in a pathetic, loveless marriage with this man for 15 years. So why stay, then? Look around, Detective. Look at the opulence that surrounds you. He offered all of that to me because he wanted a trophy wife 15 years ago, and I gladly stepped behind the bars of the Gilded Cage. I see. My husband was cruel... He was verbally abusive, he was shallow, he was unfaithful. It was a loveless, pathetic shell of a marriage. Hmm. Although I will not deny that he was good in the sack. Really? Although he was terrible in bed. Hmm. I simply planned on outlasting him, detective. I mean, he had the most unhealthy lifestyle I've ever seen, smoking, drinking, even a little bit of illegal substances, if you know what I mean. But it looks like someone simply beat me to the punch and accelerated the process for me. Your husband had many enemies, then. (laughs) More than I could possibly ever count, Detective. My husband was a black hole of vicious, petty evil that sucked in all the effusive scum around it. A Republican lobbyist. Precisely, Detective. That still doesn't get you off my list entirely, Mrs. Tritt. You said you were out on an engagement this evening. Where were you? Must you pry into my private life, Detective? Sorry, lady. That's my job. Well, if you must know, Detective, earlier this evening I was over at a friend's house where I was trussed down to a four-poster bed, dressed up like a Spanish galleon, and half a dozen naked midgets in pirate hats boarded me. And here's the DVD to prove it. How much? Thirty-nine ninety-five. Sold. <laughs> All right, well, I'll be doing some deeper research into this, Mrs. Tritt, and, of mm. course, looking for clues in your husband's murder. So don't try to leave town or anything silly like that. I wouldn't dream of it, Detective. I wouldn't dream of it at all. And uh by the way, uh why don't you come over some time and show me your fursuit there, Spoogie Paws? Please don't call me Spoogie Paws in front of the other men. Hey, speaking of which, isn't this supposed to be a murder investigation? Shouldn't there be cops around here somewhere? Oh, they're all in the kitchen having a pizza. Are they? Hey, look, everybody! It's Detective Melman. Hey, Melman. Hey, Melman. Hey Melman. Hey, hey, Melman. You want some of this pizza? Uh, no thanks, guys. I already ate. Ah, uh, he probably filled up on juice and cookies, <laughs> the lucky bastard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, you guys keep up the hard work, and you'll get the juice and cookies too someday. You know. I should live so long. Next time on Cop Beat. So tell me, what's a six-foot-tall, broad, handsome man dressed as an anthropomorphic wombat doing in a place like this? Um trying to have sex with you. Fair enough. End of the program for this week. I have been your host, Cayenne Chris Conroy, and actually today is, in spite of what the, uh, in spite of what I said at the beginning of the episode, in fact the a- date is uh, April 20th and not April 21st. See, I had recorded that opening back when I thought I was going to shift the show back to Fridays, and that jury's still out on that. And since I'm not shifting this show back to Friday. It's going to remain on uh, Thursday, which makes us the 20th. And far be it from me to stand in the way of the economic development of any of my listeners. So in, the, in that uh, entrepreneurial spirit, I would like to mention the name of uh, Chris Dempsey, uh, a.k.a. Football Pro 5725 who made a bet that I would mention the fact that he sent me a sketch about something called the decimosexual uh, joke, which you'll be hearing next week. Anyway, Chris Dempsey, you can collect your money now. And I'd also like to thank. Who? Uh, oh, hang on here. Hang in just a second here. Let's go to the old inbox, uh, Gmail, and uh, jo- Jacob, 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 So Sohachi, Sochaki, Jacob Sochaki, I believe is how it's pronounced. Another listener from Poland. It seems I have about three listeners from Poland now. Catching up on you, Australia, <laughs> and at least one listener from the Czech Republic. Hoo ha! All right, really, this is a worldwide phenom. I think this is kind of cool here. And also, like, thanks, I uh, got some mail, nice mail from Kildalia. Um Manly Geek, El Nacho. Uh, good heavens, who else? Uh... Anthony Anselmo, Mickey Mac, Michael from Fag 101. I'd like to thank all you guys for throwing some sketches my my way, and I'm going to try and incorporate as many of them as I can possibly fit into next week's episode, into next week's episode. So, by the way, no deadline there. If you you have any ideas and you want to send some more my way, feel free. I'm going to make this a regular gig. I don't know if I'm going to do – I'm probably going to be devoting uh, most of next week's episode – to uh, ideas that people have sent me, but I don't know that that'll be everything. Like I won't. I don't know if I'll do a specific episode for that every month. I may just kind of intersperse it throughout. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'll be honest with you. I Have no idea what I'm doing. Um, anyway, uh, and as going back to my Polish uh, listener, I was, he wanted to uh, he wanted to know if there were any stereotypes that Americans have about the Polish, which I'll mention in a letter. Um, we have Polish jokes which were targeted at Polish immigrants a long time ago. I don't know why that was funny, but evidently they're not being able to fit in and not being smart or something like that. I don't have any personal stereotypes about the Polish. I have stereotypes about Poland. Actually, I do have a stereotype about the Polish. Uh, The Poland stereotype that I have is that it's kind of a gray, snowy depressed place that always looks like someone just invaded it, which is probably completely wrong. I should go look up online and see the beautiful pictures of Poland because I'm sure that kind of view is what a lot of people have about Minnesota here, minus the invaded by Germany and the Soviet Union, I mean. Um, and as for uh, Polish people, I see them as kind of um, kind of square people. And uh, I, I think I can extend that uh, uh, a little bit to, um, to my wife, because my, my wife is of Polish stock. In fact, we just, we just sold, her, uh, sold a controlling interest in her on the stock market this morning for $28 a share. So it worked out very well in our favor, except that my wife is now controlled by a multinational corporation. Which is cool, I guess. The kickbacks are nice. Anyway, I'm going to uh, cap this one off this week. Uh, Chris Dempsey and your decimosexual sketch collected his money, so that's all I need to to put up on that front. Anyway, I'm going to cap this off and I will be back again next week with some some material contributed by you listeners. God, I hope I get to all of it. I'm going to make a list of it and really, really plow through it because I want to make sure I get as many people in there as I possibly can uh, so that nobody feels left out. If you do feel left, if you did get left out, Don't worry, it'll be in the next time I do this. And anyway, I will be seeing you all next week. Well, I won't be seeing anything. I'll be looking at a computer screen next week. You'll be hearing me all next week around this time if you listen to it on the day that I posted it. Yeah. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to Friday Follies right here on the Mutual Audio Network. Please consider subscribing to other days of the Mutual Feeds, including Monday Matinee for classic, live, and theatrical audio plays. Tuesday Terrors for horror audio drama. Wednesday Wonders, our science fiction and fantasy magazine. Thursday Thrillers for action, adventure, mystery, and crime drama. Saturday Story Circle for kids and families alike. And Sunday Showcase, bringing you the very newest in audio releases for the week from our United Artists of Audio, right here on the Mutual Audio Network. The Mutual Audio Drama Network, where we listen and imagine together.